I'm Gerd Hundle, acclaimed health journalist, turned motivational speaker, and transformational coach. This show is for anyone who wants to lead a happier, healthier, and inspired life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can become a soul warrior. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Get Inspired with Gerds podcast. I'm your host and today I have a special guest with me who is helping people to heal by loving themselves first. Chris Tompkins is a teacher, speaker and spiritual life coach who teaches personal development, self-empowerment and confidence to his clients. He has spoken at TEDx about what children learn from the things they aren't told and believes that we can all connect with our spirituality and take full responsibility for our own lives. Absolute pleasure having you on the show and thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, bless you. Well, Chris, your story really interests me because it's a journey from, you know, like you were talking about earlier about, you know, that unhappiness and finding that road trip to love. So could you tell the listeners what your life was like before you became a spiritual life coach? Yeah, I I was definitely a person who was a victim in my life, um, blaming a lot of people around me. I kind of was the person who was looking at everyone else and, and saying, God, their life is so much better than mine. And I had moved out to LA for a dream job mm-hmm. and in two, around 2008. And when I got here, I remember this moment talking to my father. I was on a, a phone call with him just telling him about how unhappy I was. And I had this moment of realization where I was like, wait, I'm working at my dream job, this, this job that I had, you know, thought about for so long and I'm, I'm unhappy. What's going on? There must be something deeper. And I think that that deeper question I asked myself was answered. (laughs) And so it wasn't answered in a way that maybe I would have liked it to have been um, answered, but it kind of propelled me on this path inward and my life kind of fell apart and <laughs> hindsight's twenty twenty. at the time. It seemed awful and it was awful. It was a very challenging experience, um, for sure, but it was the very thing that led me to where I am today. And, um, it required me to take really a lot of responsibility for my life and what I was creating and, and how I was living my life really. Um, yeah. So, so what did you do next? You know, you, you, you realized that you were unhappy in your life. So what was the next step for you? Well, I really believe that the universe speaks to us, you know, mm-hmm. when you have that deep desire question and, and yeah. the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, um, answers and speaks to us through other people or relationships. And so I was working with a friend at the time and this was around 2011, and I, I remember specifically it was 2011, the fall, because I was going to New York for a work-related trip, and my friend was also going to be there. And he texted me and was like, hey, my sister is coming to visit. Um, we were flying. We were in different cities, but our flights arrived around the same time, so he asked if we could share a taxi to the city, and I was like, sure. And I had never met her. And so when I met her and we shared the taxi ride, um, 
it was just a beautiful experience. She was very much a spiritual person. She was going to graduate school for transpersonal psychology. And so we, we just had an amazing conversation and she was kind of asking me deeper questions. And so when we got to the city, um, I was there for work and I only had one night that was free and that night happened to be 11, 11, 11. I love that. <laughs> and I had no idea what that was, but she, she texted me and was like, Hey, my brother stood me up who my friend was her brother stood me up. Do you have plans tonight? And I was like, no, you know, like if you want to grab dinner. And so our hotels happened to be close to one another. And so we ended up going to dinner and I remember her asking me, do you know what tonight is? And I was like, no. And she's like, it's 11, 11, 11. I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> I'm like not knowing anything. And so that kind of marked my experience of really opening up. Um, she had asked me, she was looking for clients because she needed to get hours for her graduate school. And I remember she had asked me if I would be interested in coaching. And I was like, mm, no, no, thanks. I'm good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, cause I thought my life was fine. Mm. And then, uh, she asked a few other times and finally I was like, okay, fine. And then that really, for me, it wasn't until 2012, we started to work together and that was what kind of cracked me open and started to go inward in my own life, deeper into my own life and look at really how I was the, the co-creator of my experience. Um, so that was kind of the first part. Wow. Can I just say that it's so interesting about the numbers thing. Like, I feel like it's not that we're looking for those numbers. It's when, like you said, when somebody up there is trying to give us a sign that those numbers just emerge. And then when we kind of start to see the patterns a lot, then it's that's when we start to question it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that was kind of the first leg of the, the trip or the experience. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I mean, I'm happy to share the, the other, the second part, but that was really the kind of the beginning of my personal transformation, just kind of stepping onto the path. So the second part, um, I, I remember we, I was going to a book signing here in Los Angeles for Doreen Virtue. And I was at the studio city library. It's a city here in LA. And I was at the library waiting for a friend to come pick me up. And I just happened to be browsing the self-help section which I'm typically, that's where I, you know, would always be drawn to. And I saw this book and it was like this kind of old looking book and it just, the colors on it kind of caught my attention. And so I picked it up and I remember looking at it and it was, you can heal your life. Aww. And, and I just started flipping through it. And it was one of those things where you like, you're standing in the library or the bookstore and you're reading through it and you're like, Ooh, this, I like what I'm reading. So I went and sat down, found a chair, sat down and started reading it. And I was like, Whoa, I had never heard of these things before. And, and so then I actually flipped, I just happened to flip. And right now it's funny cause I'm looking at the book and I flipped to the same page, yeah. but, uh, I flipped to page one thirty three in the book and maybe the pages vary depending on what kind of book it is, but basically it was mm -hmm. towards the back of the book. And there was a page that was on there that was describing the gay community, oh, specifically wow. gay men. And I'm a gay man. And so I was reading it and I was like, everything I was reading, I'm like, oh my gosh, this sounds as though it's the, whoever that was writing this book is, is talking about today, like modern times, but it looked old because it was a used copy. And so I remember thinking, wait, it looks old. Why is it talking about current stuff? 
So I flipped to the date to see when the book, the book was written. And it said 1984. And I yeah. remember I had this like visceral experience. Like I felt it in my body. I was like, oh my gosh. It was like this feeling of, oh wow, there's still so much healing for us to do as gay men. And, and just, I think people in general, mm. um, but for me, it really spoke to me. And so that was my first introduction to Louise Hay and you can heal your life. Um, wow. yeah, then, so that's the second leg of my <laughs> trip. <laughs> do you know what's interesting is that I don't know, like yourself, when I started my own journey in 2012 as well, um, like yourself, I started seeing these numbers and I'm like, this is weird. And then every shop I'd go into, I'd see like 11, 11 or 22, 22. And then they started changing to 18, 18 and like lots of different numbers. And then I'd be like yourself, I'd be sat, sat in libraries and books would just fall off the shelf out of yes. nowhere. And I'd be like, what is this? <laughs> oh, no, totally. Yeah. And I remember when I was, cause I was working with, you know, the, my life coach, the girl who I described. Mm. And I remember one time meeting her at a coffee shop and I walked in cause I had been seeing numbers a lot. And I remember I sat down, I'm like, Tori, I'm seeing a lot of, um, same numbers. And I remember she just looked at me like she knew she's like, Oh yeah, you're, you're opening up. I was like, okay, not really knowing what that meant, but it was just <laughs> funny. It was very much that synchronistic kind of, you know, timing and just my, you know, I think the journey of becoming aware and the universe just really opening up and expanding, um, calling you really. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's almost like somebody's giving these messages to us to say, Hey, come and look at me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, you're on a, you're, here's the way and it's leading you deeper and deeper into your own life. And those are just kind of those omens, if you will, that you get that help you along that kind of guide you. And if you're open to them and you're awake and you're noticing, then you can kind of, it's like breadcrumbs. Mm. Yeah, that is so true. And if you keep following the breadcrumbs, it's just going to get better. Yeah. And, better. <laughs> yeah. and you know, oftentimes the breadcrumbs lead us into this dark forest. And so you're like, wait, why am I going into this dark forest? But that's kind of where you go to do the deeper healing work. Mm. And it can be scary and it is scary sometimes, yeah. but you're always being guided the right way. Absolutely. So my dear, you know, you went, you fell into this journey and you started following it. You started seeing the numbers and you started, you know, seeing your coach. So can you tell us like how um, you led on to become a spiritual life coach? Yeah. So um, this is, I guess, kind of maybe the third leg. And what really <laughs> led me to doing this work myself is that, um, you know, Louise Hay really, I consider her to be as far as LGBT history, for sure, she's a part of that. Mm -hmm. um, and not really many people, not a lot of people really know about um, her healing work, but she really started her work with gay men in the 80s, you know, with, yeah. her, with her hay rides. And so I'm, I'm grateful. I live in West Hollywood. And, and so I feel very connected to just what she kind of was doing for mm -hmm. a lot of people in my community. Um, and so I, when I read that passage in that book, I shared that with so many people and I would literally carry the book with me and like share it with them and oh. say, you know, there's still so much healing work for us to do. You know, we've come a long way, um, 
with equal rights and, and that mm. kind of thing. But on a deeper level, there's there's so much more healing work that we could benefit from that would just propel us further along, um, you know, equality and our vision of equality. And so for me, I felt very connected to diving deeper with my advocacy work um, and working with gay men and, and specifically youth because I just have a, I think the youth are the future. And so if we could prevent something within children before it gets to be a bad thing, then, you know, that could, it's like, if you see a fire and you can put it out, put it out. Uh, so when I, uh, after the Louise or the heal your life, finding that passage and then just really having that visceral reaction. Um, I remember, and this is kind of what I, how a road trip to love came about is that, um, I realized I had more deeper forgiveness work to do in my own life. And so mm -hmm. I wanted to share this book and the teachings of this book with my family and my mom and my dad specifically. And so I was, I'm from Arizona. And so I was going to mm -hmm. go home to visit and I had been getting, I had been talking to a lot of people about like, people would talk to me about Sedona. I don't know if you've ever heard of Sedona. But it's a very spiritual place. It's in Arizona, and it's known for being a vortex of, of energy, and it's just a very – a lot of spiritual people go there for – to visit because just the energy there is very pure, and um, it's a very higher conscious community. And so it was just interesting that I was noticing people, strangers, I'd meet them, and they would – Oh, I, we just got back from Sedona. And so I was kind of starting to notice the breadcrumbs and this is not, this is not a made up story. This is like so true. I literally was at work one day and my phone, I, I was looking at my phone, I got like for a text message or something. And then, you know how, when your phone, you're receiving a phone call, it says the number and then the place that it's coming from. Oh yeah. 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 So I'm looking at my phone and I have, I mean, I, I'm receiving an incoming call from Sedona, Arizona. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what, like what Sedona, who do I know in Sedona? And I mean, I've been, I mean, I just told someone that I've been hearing a lot of people talk about Sedona. And so I let it go to voicemail cause I was at work. And so then all of a sudden I saw that I had a voicemail. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So I ran in the back to check the message and it was silence. There was no voicemail. And I was Ooh. like, okay, what? So I Googled the number to see like who it was, if it was just, you know, whatever. And it was an art gallery. And I pulled up the art gallery and on the front page, the home page of the art gallery was a hawk. Well, oh. hawks are kind of my spirit animal. I, I had been seeing them a lot also. So that was another thing similar to the numbers. I was seeing a lot of hawks. And so I saw that hawk and I was like, what? So I called the number and this nice woman answered the phone. And I, I said, hi, I just received a missed call from this number. And she, and she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I must have dialed the wrong number. And I'm like, <gasps> no, way. no, you don't understand. I've been getting, I've been getting called or, you know, missed signs from Sedona. And she's like, oh, well, honey, when you're here, you must, you just have to visit us. And I was like, okay, this is too like weird. So I, I remember I went and I met my, my life coach, Tori is her name. And I, I went up and met with her and she's like, Oh honey, you must be get, you're getting the call. And I'm like, wow. okay. So I'd never been to Sedona and it's in Arizona. So on my trip home that I mentioned that I was going to go see my family, 
I, I made a point to stop through Sedona and I stopped through Sedona and the way that I describe to people is if I, if a unicorn walked out of a bush, like I wouldn't have been surprised. Like it was that like just amazing, incredible of an experience. I saw hawks, I saw numbers, the energy. It was, it was, I even got my aura red. Like it was just wow. very much one of those trips. And, uh, it was beautiful. And so when I, when I finally made it to Tucson, which is where I'm from, I had just posted some pictures of Sedona on Facebook and my cousin sent me a message saying, Oh, I'm so happy you made it. Um, you know, I hope you have a good trip or something. And I was about to meet my dad and my dad, that's a whole nother phone conversation. Um, (laughs) for me to talk about, but there, my dad, there's a lot, there was a lot of stuff in history with my dad and I was about to meet him for lunch and I was going to give him the Louise, Hey, you can heal your life book. And I was going to have a forgiveness conversation with him. And so I'm a runner. I like to run. And so I needed to clear my head. And so I was in the parking lot. My cousin just texted me and I told her, yeah, I'm on a road trip to love. And I kind of just said it like as a joke, like just, yeah, I'm on a road trip to love, you know? And so I just said it, sent the text message, and then I went for a jog. And as I was running, it was like every time I put my foot down, I I was like, I am on a road trip to love. That's what this is. That's what life is. Life is the road trip to love. Like we're all on one. And Mm -hmm. every time I was, you know, my foot would hit the ground, it was like, it was grounding more and more into me that this is what it is. Like life, we're all on one. If it's a love of self, love of, God, love of the universe, love of another person. Um, and it's a journey. It's kind of not the, this destination, but it's just kind of this journey. And so, so yeah, I, I had an amazing run and then I met my dad and had the forgiveness conversation and that kind of is the rest or that kind of propelled me on doing this work more specifically with other people. Cause I feel like we're all healing from something. Yeah. And that, you know, when we work on ourselves, we help the collective. Mm. And so it's not this thing where, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's to help raise the vibration of the planet. So whatever community you're a part of or whatever group you identify with, not even if, you know, if it's with your family or just personally in your own life, um, the deeper you go. And the more that you can love yourself, the more that you are actually helping the planet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just nodding my head as you were saying everything because I totally relate with what you're saying. Um, especially like you'll keep getting these signs. Like I remember, I remember a few years ago, I kept saying to somebody, "They're like, where do you like? Where do you want to go?" And I was like, "I'm not sure." And then suddenly it popped into my head. I was like, "LA," and they're like, "What?" Um, and I was like, "I just need to be in LA." And they're like, "Where?" And I was like. And suddenly, it's like somewhere out of nowhere, there was a sign that said Santa Monica. And I was like, oh my God. And then literally everywhere I kept going, there were signs of Santa Monica. There was people that I was interviewing in Santa Monica. There was people I was oh, interviewing wow. in LA. Yeah. And like a lot of my friendship circles are in LA now. It's so... Really? Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It, it's, it's unbelievable that once we kind of almost allow ourselves to be open to receive, the, the signs come to you, don't they? Yes. For sure. And I think you hit, you said something really interesting right now is that when you're open to receive the, the signs come just, and I think that 
if you've ever read the book, um, The Alchemist. Oh, I love that book. <laughs> love that book. I was just telling something the other day. I was like, I could live in that book. Like, I love that book so much. I just want to live in it. But he, how he describes kind of beginner's luck. And so I feel like for me, that's what I experienced when I didn't know what I didn't know. And so mm. I think the the further I got down the journey, the more I started to become aware. And so then I started to, that's where you, for me at least, I started to, you know, I opened up and then all of these things rushed in. And then as I got down the journey, and then I started to close things off because I was aware of what was happening. And so then my old pattern started to come to prevent the things maybe. And so what you just described, I think is really important to acknowledge. I think a lot of people when they step foot on the spiritual path is like this amazing experience. And then the deeper work comes. Yeah. And I think even allowing yourself to, to, to receive is, it's pretty, it can be quite difficult because like, especially if you're in a very competitive industry like for example I was in in journalism my dear and you know all I'd known is that it's competition competition needs to succeed to the top and then if something didn't feel right you, I always used to question it so I'd be like hmm but what is their intention right <laughs> so I had to un yeah. unpeel all of those layers and when I started sure. unpeeling all those and like yourself doing the the inner love and the forgiveness then it was like okay I'm ready now just show me where to go <laughs> right Right, totally. And you become that kind of that vessel and you're just kind of led where your heart is directing you. Yeah. And, I love and listening to your heart is not is not always especially, you know, I think mm. everyone has a different background and yeah. and just experience. And so for me listening to my heart was um not an easy thing to do. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But I guess it's because growing up, we didn't know how to do it. You know, when we were kids, we knew exactly when we were kids. We'd be like running around like la, 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 connected. And then suddenly we go to school and then we're told, you know, they can't, we're almost molded into something that we're not and we lose all sight of who we are. And so then right. we don't have that inner connection, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And that's why kind of coming full circle is that I, I that's what I feel really compelled to is with my work is, is working with families and parents and mm. people on how to help have those authentic conversations so that you encourage children to listen to their hearts mm. and that it's not something that they second guess. That's beautiful. Cause that, that would help them so much. Like, you know, when they're going to college or university, we would say here um, and following the path that they truly want rather than just taking something for the sake of it really. Sure. Yeah. Or what they're supposed to do or mm. what they're kind of, you know, told to do or mm. what they think is the thing that they need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's beautiful. So, you know, you, you started on this road trip to love, which has ended up becoming your business, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it started kind of out as a, as a blog, really kind of share my experience and what I, you know, I think that it's kind of like when you fall in love for the first time, you know, at least for me, when I fell, when I had my first love, it was like, I wanted to stand on a mountaintop and like shout it to the world. And so I think that's what I experienced with my personal transformation is that, you know, I wanted to shout it to the world. So I started a blog to share my experience. And then the blog slowly started to kind of become something that I was really kind of teaching mm. and it was just teaching the experiences that I was having and that helped me in my own life and 
that I saw that it was it could be helpful for other people, and just also the teachers that I came across, you know, like Louise Hay, and and just the universal spiritual themes, you know, there's a truth with a capital T, and so um, that's spoken in many different languages, and 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 helping others access that, I think, is just a beautiful way to be of service. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned Louise Hay. She just I feel like Louise was somebody so forward for her time. Somebody who loved others as everyone. So she she kind of changed the mindset of many people to show to have more compassion and to have that love for each other. Right. Absolutely. And I I mean, I think one of the things that's so simple, but I was just talking to someone the other day and and I mentioned that. I said, I was like, it's so simple. And he was like, the most simple things are the most profound. And, <laughs> and so if something's really simple, I think our ego mind tells us like, oh, that's simple. It must be stupid, but it's actually <laughs> really a profound thing. But when I first read in, in that book, you know, that your thoughts create your experience, mm. I was like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh, I need to pay attention to what I'm thinking. And so it's kind of, you know, with our everyday lives, you know, if how many of us, if we really took that into consideration on a day to day basis, how that could really be either really scary. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, my thoughts are creating my experience. So, you know, or it could be a really beautiful thing. It's very empowering. Yeah. And I guess like if before, when we don't know that, we always assume that it's somebody else and we always want to shift the blame on someone else. And when we realize actually it's us that's manifested it. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and that's, you know, I mean, I think the spiritual path is not, it's not, I think it sounds really appealing because it just sounds so, and it, it's a beautiful thing for sure, but mm-hmm. I think that, you know, what you just mentioned is is there there is, it's kind of like anything that you commit to. You know, there is there is work involved, and if you really commit to it, then you will see the results. And it's just like that with our spiritual journey. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, gosh, my dear, we, we're coming towards the end of the show already. It's gone so fast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a few more last questions for you. And sure, yeah. My first one is, what are your five top tips for someone who's struggling to heal from within? Five, only five. <laughs> no, well, you can do more if you want. Yeah, five, five top tips. You know, I think for myself, if I were to just look at what I did in my own life, um, I think for me, loving myself for sure, mm. um, that I think was kind of the the beginning of really, and it is still something I, I, I do today. It's not that, oh, you know, once I started to love myself, I just let it go. It was something that I consciously, actively do. Um you know, because our ego is with us <laughs> and it will be with us until we drop the body. And so we kind of have to be very mindful of um, what it's trying to, to not allow us to experience. And so mm-hmm. loving myself for sure was something that I hadn't really ever even considered as even a thought. And so that was, I would say, the first tip. Um, and then loving myself really allowed me to start opening up to forgiveness because mm-hmm. I think that forgiveness is one of those words that we just, you know, we hear, we know what it, like we've heard it before. We understand the definition, but we really don't know. I'm not speaking for everyone, but a lot of us, um, 
don't really know the true power and what it actually can do for us. Um, and so for me, once I started, like I said, to forgive my father, to forgive my mother, like actually have those conversations and actually direct my attention towards being willing to forgive something, mm-hmm. including myself, there was a lot that I had to, to forgive myself for. That really kind of cleaned up just energetically the areas of my life. Um, and that kind of, I think, it is part of a spiritual practice, which I would say for sure is the other tip is to develop a spiritual practice, whatever that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be so many different things, but really commit to something that is allowing you to connect to something that's greater than yourself, um, an energy, a source of, of, of power that you could kind of constantly go to. Um, that's the third, the fourth, I think I would be, um, just change your thinking, being willing to change your thinking. And I always tell people to challenge what they believe, like challenge your beliefs. Mm. Um, especially when I'm working with parents, challenge (laughs) their beliefs because oftentimes children, learn just things that they're told, not ever really questioning whether or not it's true for them. Mm. And that's where a lot of, specifically in the work that I do, I see a lot of, um, there's, there can be some really harmful things that are done if you never question your beliefs or why you believe that. Um, and then I think we can all benefit from really taking full responsibility of our lives. Mm. Really true full responsibility for our life and our choices, because that's really where we take back our power and we no longer blame. And we just fully take responsibility for our experience, our lives and our choices. I love those five top tips. And I love the one that you said about having your own beliefs, because it's so true that it's not just like culturally, it's also religiously, it's also like the country you're born in. It's even also to the conditioning of family and friends that you don't even realize is there most of the time. Yeah. And, you know, if I could just share this one thing, I know we're quick on time, but um, short on time is, but I I share this with a lot of people because I think it's a perfect example is I teach in high schools at juvenile hall, all over different ages, you know, but when I teach with youth and one of the classes that I teach is about beliefs. And Mm. so it's so interesting to me is because no matter where I go, one of the exercises that we have them do is fill out a, a sheet that have words and some of the word, their words are just general, like money, boys, girls, school, <laughs> you know, and we just have them fill out, like, what do they believe about those things? And it's so interesting to me is because no matter where I go, what community I'm in or the age group, always writes down for money, that money is the root of all evil. No way. Yeah. And I just had this summer, <laughs> I was doing a summer school group with a group of sixth graders. So in the United States, sixth wow. grade is like, I think 12 years old, 11 or 12. And this little boy raised his hand. I go, I go, and I always, you know, ask the class, like, what did it, what did people want to share what they wrote for money? And this little boy raises his hand, sixth grade. And I asked him, what did he write for money? And he said his, he believes he wrote money is the root of all evil. No. And I, yeah. And I go, (sighs) I go, that's your belief. And he was like, yeah. I go, do you have a job? He goes, no. I'm like, have you ever made money? He's like, no. And I'm like, and that's really your belief. He goes, yeah. So I asked him, you know, do you want to have a car when you're older? And he was like, yeah. 
yes. And I go, do you, would you like to have a house? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, we established the fact that he could see the value of money. And then he revealed or he shared that his mom, it's something that his mom says a lot. Mm. And if anyone who's listening recognizes that that's actually a biblical reference, but it's not even the full sentence. The full sentence in the Bible is that the love of money is the root of all evil, which again, that's a whole separate talk show or, you know, or conversation. Um, but my point is, is that's how we kind of just take on snippets of information that we're told. And if, if there's a little boy who's in sixth grade, who has the belief that money is the root of all evil, I would venture to say that when he's older, he's if he gets a paycheck he's going to want to get rid of that money because if he believes that it's the root of all evil he's never going to want to conscious or you know unconsciously hold on to money because it's it's bad mm, wow so that's my point of of just really exploring our beliefs and and challenging them and being willing to challenge them that is that's so unbelievable like at that age to even have that yeah. thought i think yeah. but it is so true what we what we learn from a young age is what we kind of become and it's only if we have that courage like you said to 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 question those beliefs and where they came from and actually realize what what do we actually believe in rather than what the person's been telling us that's that's when we take our power back yeah, and it's not a bad thing at all. It's not to condemn or to shame any, you know, oh, that boy has a bad parent. No, at all. <laughs> it's that it's that we just, we're part of a collective, that's why I always, when I, you know, teaching kids, you have to understand, like, if you don't get, like, we're, we're so connected, like, we're all connected, mm. like, the planet, and so we're just part of this the system and so when we get to challenge the things it's not a bad thing it's just it's a beautiful thing yeah because you're, you're allowing the, yourself to be who you're supposed to be that that's right yeah I, I get what you mean <laughs> yeah we're, yeah exactly we're remembering who we really are and and sharing that with everyone else allows them to do the same thing yeah and so where if my listeners would love to find you where where can they find you online um my website is www.aroadtriptolove.com all one word or I'm on social media the same is just the handle a road trip to love amazing and my last question is <laughs> what are you most grateful for what am I most grateful for mm. Mm. wow <laughs> in this moment I'm most grateful for my family oh. yeah I have five nieces and nephews and wow. They're getting older, and I just talked to my one nephew last week, and he just turned eight. And we used to have this thing where I don't know even know when it started, but whenever he would call me when he was like little, we would always do this thing where he'd be like, "What did you eat for dinner?" And I'd be like, "Grasshopper pizza," and then he'd be like, "Ooh, guess what I ate?" And then we would just go back and forth, and he would say something with like spider legs or. Whatever. And so last week when I called him for his birthday, I said, I, I try to do that. And he literally was like, oh, no, I don't think so. And I'm like, oh, you're too old now. And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I'm really grateful for my family because they've, they've taught me so much about love and yeah. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I know. Sorry if I told that too long. I, I could like, 
I love telling their little stories. Oh, it's so sweet. It's, I love that. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thank you. That, bless you. Well, Chris, it's been amazing having you in the show. And thank you for sharing your story and, you know, how you're empowering other young people and helping others to realize that it is possible to follow a road trip to love. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Gers. I really appreciate it. Oh, bless you. What a great interview with Chris. Do check out his website because... He comes from a place of such love and such beauty and he knows what it's like to be there at the lowest points in your life and trying to find out who you really are. Now, unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Don't forget that you can find me on Facebook at Get Inspired with Gerds. You can find me on Instagram and you can find me on Twitter at I am Gerds. And before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. Perhaps we love ourselves so fiercely that when others see us, they know exactly how it should be done. That's a quote by Ruby Francisco. Take care and I'll see you in the next show. Bye.